Do it on my own, but you came true for me. You never gave up on me. Say, all the signs and chains and things I went
They say no, team say no, and it ain't got my dog, you wanna mango. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The World. This is a month that we've been dealing with Kingdom series, and so it's been, we've been journeying through a single and searching, dating in a new era, forever together. And in tonight's conversation, we will be talking about building a home and raising godly seeds. I am your host, Celestina Adome in Japan, and it is a privilege and an honor to have you all joining us wherever you are this evening. And our guest throughout this whole conversation has been Reverend Professor Nana Ewisimensa, like the name itself is heavy. Um, he is an old student of Brentford College, um, has his first degree at Kenya University and holds a PhD in agricultural science and a master's abroad. He's a married man with four children and a director of Stepping Stone Christian school and also a reverend pastor at the lighthouse denomination of churches. If you can hear me loud and clear, please give me some thumbs up and give me some fire emoji while we give reverend um, professor um, the privilege to say something to our audience. Thank you very much. Good evening to you. Hello. Hello. Can you speak a bit louder, sir? Okay. Good evening to all your listeners. Um, it's another weekend again. And thank you so much for the opportunity, you and your team, Pastor Charles, and all who are supporting in this whole ministry. And God bless you. an honor and a privilege as always to have you joining us tonight i know it took a lot of effort to actually have you here so we do not take it for granted like we do not take it for granted and before we go into tonight's conversation just a disclaimer that i hope we are all believers and accepted jesus as our lord and personal savior according to the book of romans chapter 10 verse 9 that says if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus and shall believe in thy heart that god has raised him from the that thou shalt be saved, period, please. That's the way. Um, also, you can follow the world on IG and on Twitter at D underscore world22 and on Facebook at the world. I'm going to repeat the handle again, IG and Twitter at D underscore world22 and on Facebook at the world. So if you're not joining us, um, joining as on our socials, please do. That is where we put all our information on all our upcoming programs. So you will be able to know what's going on within the team and within the world. Thank you all once again for joining us for tonight's conversation. And as I said, um, the Kingdom series has been a journey. We have already had three um, previous episodes. So if you have not listened to any of those, they are available currently on our platform. Um, just type Pastor Charles and all our podcasts cast recordings will be available and you can have the opportunity to go back and listen to all those information and grab all those golden nuggets you don't want to miss them out trust me so i feel a bit hyper hmm. i think i'm gonna tone down what do y'all think do y'all agree say it in a <laughs> 
Say it in the comment box. Um, as the um the show goes on, you can put in your questions, your contribution, whatever you think you have to say, put it in the comment box, and it, I will love to read it out to our guest. Also, you can. <laughs> also, you can um phone in to um so that you can directly ask the man of God your questions. So let's go on to tonight's conversation. So tonight's conversation is going to be in two phases. Actually, the topic is in two phases. Um, the first phase is building a home, building a home. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 5, that through wisdom is an house built, and by knowledge shall this chambers be filled with all precious um and pleasant riches. And the second phase, that is like building a home or building a house and the second phase is raising godly seeds and this this is um important psalm 127 verse 3 says that children are heritage from the lord on um, other versions actually says best gift like best the bestest gift right offerings a reward from him and the book of malachi actually says what the lord seeks is godly seed so we know that children are heritage building a home takes wisdom understanding knowledge right um so um sir to tonight's conversation i want us to begin with raising godly seeds i think most of my i'm going to be biased because i'm a, um, a teacher i'm going to be biased and most of the conversation is going to hover around um raising godly seeds because if you want to know more about relationship and like dating and all of that go back to our previous um messages you're going to get a lot so last was said when it comes to kids and raising children and all of that so mostly the conversation will be based on that part of our lives um so uh the temperate the temp let's go with temperaments of children the bible says that to train up a child in the way they should go so that when they grow they, they do not depart from it you know when a child grows they do not depart from it but when you come to some of our culture i don't know if it applies to everybody but growing up you would see like there is this culture of comparison there's this culture of comparison where parents will try to compare their children if they have one child that is not like really outgoing they'll be like why don't why don't you act more like this your your brother why don't you act more like this your sister or if there is one child who is way outgoing and one one that likes to be indoor it is is reverse so you'll find that there is this culture of comparison and also parents normally raise their children or like try to direct their children based on their own personal experience which i don't think is bad but you know when it is structured or like the foundation of it is based on it is based on it where like you want your kids to experience what you experienced or you try to use the same parental um style that was used on you on your children knowing that firstly your kids do not come from the same age or they probably have different temperament right and also like some parents also try to parent based on the cultural preference or the the most popular trend that is going on so in coming to our christian homes because i'm going to believe that we are all believers in coming to our christian homes how can we train our individual children our individual children according to the ways of the lord and according to their own temperament like working according to their books so that they become more fruitful and work in the path that has been ordained for them if i'm talking too much please ask me to repeat again okay okay that's fine like always we let us pray.
pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. We pray, Holy Spirit, that take over. You are the best teacher. Come and teach us tonight. And tonight, all the glory and honor will be given unto your name. In Jesus' name, I will pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. But first and foremost, Celestine, let me ask you why you chose this particular topic. Um, are there some people listening to me who have children? Let me know that um, before I continue. Yes. Are some yes, of actually. The audience yes. There are some who are parents, right? Yes. Okay. Our our age range actually the age actually ranges from eighteen to forty five years. That is the age range of most of our listeners. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So so let's believe the Holy Spirit to take over then. Okay. Um I'm not sure if my my dad now actually knows my temperament. My dad is eighty five years now by the mm. grace of God and if my dad really knows my temperament, mm. you see, temp- knowing the temperament of your of your of, of of children is not something that most parents um, know about. Mm-hmm. You get it. Most of the time, when we are about to marry, we are interested in knowing the temperaments of our spouses. Mm-hmm. But then, when it comes to the temperament of our children, we tend to overlook it. You get it. But I believe that. Understanding your child's temperament is very crucial as a parent, so that you, the parent, will be able to provide the appropriate support. You get it, and then the guidance, and then even um, and how to even bring the child up emotionally and all that. So temperament is something that is very very important. Um, one thing mm-hmm. comes to mind um, as we speak now. I read an article some time ago, and in that article. Children mm-hmm. were grouped into four categories. We have children who are referred to as flexible children. Mm-hmm. So the flexible children are those who tend to be good sleepers. They have moderate to low activity levels and are open to new experiences and new people. So these are the flexible children. Then we have difficult children. So these are the children who get easily frustrated and are sensitive to changes in their environment. Mm-hmm. And they tend to have trouble when when transitioning from one environment to the other. Then we have the cautious children. These are the children who are initially shy and hesitant in new situations. They take time to adjust to new environments. And they may withdraw from unfamiliar people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And occasionally they may observe situations before engaging engaging and then they require mm-hmm. more time to warm up to new people or new experiences then we have the well-adjusted children these are the ones that demonstrate balanced qualities they adapt well to changing circumstances and exhibit a range of behaviors that are suitable for their age and development mm-hmm. now looking at these four categories this should tell all of us that we cannot just box parenting as one or one one model, you see, because children tend to differ. So if you don't have knowledge when it comes to these groupings, you will turn up using one way approach for all your children. But I'm emphasizing tonight that children are very, very, very different. So now back to your question, 
why must why is temperament important? I believe temperament mm -hmm. is important to help all of us when it comes to parenting. So, for example, you have four children. Mm -hmm. One can be a difficult child. One um, can be a well-adjusted child. One can be a flexible child and all that. So, as a parent, you need to know the different temperaments of your children to be able to tailor the type of parenting you want to give to these individual children. So, mm -hmm. when it comes to parenting approach, it is very, very important to have a gist of the temperaments of your children. And then it will also, when you know about temperament, it will also help you understand um, um, how you can identify and then even manage their emotions. You see, children mm -hmm. also have emotions. Sometimes we feel that it's only grown-ups who have emotions, but children also tend to have their own emotions. So if you don't understand the child's temperament, you, it will be difficult to manage his or her emotions. Okay? And even yeah. there's an aspect of conflict resolution. Your child is not happy with something. How do you approach it? You need to understand the child's temperament first. If you don't understand the child's temperament, it will even be difficult to resolve conflicts. Mm -hmm. Then, I also know that when it comes to even education, okay, the type of course that your child is supposed to do, what type of school the child is supposed to attend. All these, I think if you are a parent and you have an idea of the type of temperament that your child has, it will help you even to place, advise your child even the course to do in school and all that. So, so I believe the issue of temperament is very, very important, Celestine. Okay. So um, when it comes to, um, you said something about temperament in relation to education. So let's go with developing your child's gifts, you know. Yes. Um, when you look at the culture of the world, you would see that when parents notice a certain quality or a gift in their children, what they do is that they do all their best to harness and then groom their child in that line. You know, they make sure that the child master that particular skill or that particular talent and they ed get educated to the extent that by the time they mature, by the time they are of, of age, they become masters of their own craft, commanding millions, you see. But when it comes to the culture of the world, um, the, the kingdom, like Christians, when it comes to our world, you do not really really see that i i tend to see i'm talking from personal experience so if you have any other experience please do uh, let us know put it in a comment box um you we, we tend to narrow the path for our, for our children so let's say if we we notice that our kid have the ability to let's say sing instead of like training them and like nurturing them and putting them on the stage teaching them and giving them all that they need to groom and all like you know everything that will help them cultivate that gift we tend to like minimize it like we all we tend to i don't want to say minimize it but we most of the time do not take it seriously like we do not take it seriously that those gifts are the same gift that might be able to pave way for them to like serve kings and to serve nations and actually like take push the kingdom higher you get and then we turn to sometimes um shift the attention to let's say other professional jobs thinking that in that way we are they are going to have a stable and and hopefully a consistent life 
why do you think there is such a gap there is such difference in these two worlds and how can we do like go about it to make it better hmm. you see when you come to the like if you come to our world let me say our, our world the christian home bible says that like the scripture you quoted train up a child the way he should go so I believe we are supposed to assist the children. If you were a good parent, a good parent mm -hmm. is one who only acts as a guide. You only act, you only act as a coach. You only give direction, but you don't you don't necessarily have to impose. You get it. So maybe mm -hmm. some parents who are Christians may not necessarily have this background knowledge, and so sometimes mm -hmm. they tend to impose when you are supposed to do this and this is what I expect you to do because Bible says that train up a, a child the way you should go and then blah 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 but I feel parenting is all about providing guidance, providing support you, mm -hmm. you, you, you get it and, 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 and nurturing them in a certain way so that they will not actually deviate from what scripture says so I mm -hmm. feel that you not necessarily have to impose things on your child but you, you as a parent must only act as a guide must only ask as a coach do you, do you get it and then you yeah. provide the necessary support and I believe that they, they, they would excel okay so whatever, when you um, talent that okay so when you say coaching and guiding um how does it go into parenting because some some parents will do like I'm parenting but not every parent is a, a coach or like a mentor or a, 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 gu mm -hmm. a guide you get so how can one yeah so how can one be a parent and also be like a coach and a guide that's what i'm saying the parenting aspect has to do with the guidance providing guidance you get it acting as a coach let let me give you an example um i remember my dad wanted me to do a certain course at the university he actually mm -hmm. wanted me to do pharmacy, but mm -hmm. I wanted to do computer science. Do you get it? This was many, many years ago. He wanted me to do pharmacy. I wanted to do um, computer science, but eventually I even ended up doing um, agricultural science. You get it? So that was my father's vision. You get it? But mm -hmm. I loved computers. I loved ICT. And Celestine, you won't believe it. After so many years of even working in the university as a lecturer, I've ended up being in ICT. That is the main thing I'm doing now, even as, as a lecturer in soil microbiology. I'm still into ICT. You get it. But mm. my, my dad at that time did not provide the support and the guidance. For example, I'm telling, okay, I'm interested in ICT. You, mm -hmm. the parent, what you have to do is to provide guidance. So how will it be done? What school do you have to attend? What is the best course you have to do when you get to secondary school? Blah, blah. That is what I mean by providing guidance. Mm -hmm. You get it. So you support me in what I'm interested in. The most important thing, of course, is, is that because we are talking about Christians, you have to make sure as a parent that I do not deviate from the faith. Mm. But when it comes to the talent or my gift, that one, parents should actually not impose their influence on children. No 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 okay um i know sometimes from based on the the family that we are from or the country or like the background certain parents get like total say of what goes on in their children's life 
And so how do we go about um, talking or communicating to parents that are like, whether you like it or not, this is the school you are going to. You need to be a nurse. You need to go into this field so that at the end of the day, da, da, da. And I know like as parents, it's all love. You are looking out for your ward. You, you just want what is best for them. But how do we go about parents who just want to impose their will on their children? For example, you need to go to this school. You must attend this college. You must attend this university. You must do this course you get. And then the, the children find themselves actually like following their, their parents' need, um, wants, you know, to whatever life. So how do we go about that then? Because sometimes at the end of the day, it's the children that are actually supposed to live that life. And sometimes if care is not taken or if there is no intervention, it, it turns or it leads to frustration and depression and just spirals down or like a life of not, not being fulfilled, not living a fulfilling life. So how do we go about that? And how also how do we go about that? And also how do we like educate our parents? You know, educate our parents in a nice way, obviously, so that they adjust and like, you know, um, update themselves in handling these areas like this when it comes to their children. Unfortunately, I don't know how um, you, the child, would be able to effectively advise or change the mindset of your, of your, of your father or your mom. Um, at the moment, there's a there's one big issue that I'm handling. Um, there is this guy who wanted to do um, a course in piloting, but the mother felt that the guy is so good in biology, and because of that, this guy has to do medicine. The guy went in to do medicine, mm -hmm. and the guy has finished as a medical doctor, and mm -hmm. honestly, the guy is not happy with the medical mm -hmm. profession. So you see. At that time, the guy did not, because you see, it's difficult fighting your parents or trying to advise parents because of our culture and the way things are. Do you, do you get it? So, mm -hmm. some of these things, I feel rather the target should be, for example, what you are doing. If we could create platforms rather to engage parents, okay, to advise them, to educate them, to share knowledge, to share experiences with them, I think that will gradually bring a mindset change. But um, the position of a child in advising a parent would be very, very difficult. That's why I've given two instances. Even me, as we talked, I wanted to mm -hmm. do ICT, computer science. Mm -hmm. But at that time, my father felt, no, I should go in for, uh, what do you call it, pharmacy. And today, I've ended up being mm -hmm. agriculturist and still come back to the ICT that I wanted to do. So when you were a child, um, you should also trust your parents. Sometimes you may be making a mistake. But that is when now parenting becomes very, very important. So you, the parent, mm -hmm. must have a listening ear if you know about what we are talking about tonight. So Celestine, I'm just wondering, even me as mm -hmm. I speak, my dad is a, is a gynecologist, a medical doctor who mm -hmm. is 85 years old. But mm -hmm. I don't think he knows my temperament. And you mm -hmm. see, the danger is that once you don't know your child's temperament, it becomes very difficult to even effectively parent that child. It will be difficult. ideas to anymore. This um, um, topic we are tackling tonight is very, very, mm -hmm. very important. Yeah. Okay. You know,
parents, most parents mm-hmm. do not get they don't. They think mm-hmm. they don't. Yeah. Well, they don't. Uh, I I I'm actually wondering if my mom <laughs> If they're dead, I'll be amazed. There is no. Uh, so I think, don't you think the church could do more when it comes to areas like this? Because we don't want to have to wait for our parents to die for the next generation to actually have that kind of knowledge to pass it on. But and most of our parents actually like go to church and they they gobble down everything that comes out from the altar at least most majority of the parents do so how about using the church as a platform to educate parents when it comes to these social um issues or social areas as a reverend pastor what do you unfortunately yeah let me share my experience unfortunately Mm -hmm. most pastors don't even know about temperaments Mm. most pastors don't know about temperament. You get it. And um, mm-hmm. most um, pastors are not interested in this counseling and others. Do you get it? So even the platform to discuss some of these things are sometimes not, not there in the first place. But I believe because we are social beings and because the pastors are handling people, it is high time that in, in, in effect pastors delve into some of these areas and try to engage people in the church offer platforms where these things can be shared. I've been a pastor for some time now, but mm-hmm. honestly, Celeste, this is the first time I'm discussing um, um, children and temperaments. I've always been just talking about marriage and temperaments. Mm. You get it. But mm-hmm. to, to, to create a platform like this where we are thinking about the children and their temperament and how we should take care of them and all that to bring out their potential mm-hmm. is something that is usually missing. You get it. Uh, so, um, pastors will need the education first. The, the the whole church, we have to create platforms of some of these discussions. And I believe it will, it will help. I believe okay. it will help. Um, and I most pastors mm-hmm. sometimes get this. Uh, let me add this. Most pastors right. are sometimes disappointed in their children because, like I said earlier, they stay with mm-hmm. children, their children, and they don't really know them. They only look at the... Um, the, the 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 Christian virtues don't fornicate, don't drink. Yes, the children will not do all these things. But you see, temperament is about it's about the soul. Do you get it? How the child feels, how the child relates to their immediate environment. That one is key. Mm. So but remember, until the soul changes, it will be difficult even to develop the person's spirit. Because the sp- the soul has an influence on the spirit. So the spirit will not be fully grown when the, 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 the soul, you are not aware of the person's soul. Mm. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. No, I, th- I think I do. I do hope that our listeners understand it. So what, this temperament thing we are talking about is all about the soul. Did you get it? Mm. But most, yeah. most of the time, we, the pastors, we focus on the on the spirit, you get it. Uh, but mm-hmm. at that time, we also understand how the soul functions, and then it will help all of us. 
Um, thank you so much. So let's go over the temperaments again. We have flexible children, difficult children, cautious children, and well-adjusted children. And all of these children will have to um, be parented according to their temperaments in order to have the, the most effective results. Um, Sarah, I want us to go to the topic of discipline. <laughs> I want us to go to the topic of discipline. Um, the, most parents are uh, couples come from various or different discipline um disciplinary backgrounds and i have been in a culture or i was raised in a culture ghana obviously um where sometimes when a child does that does something the mother will say you wait till your dad comes home i have this this um i lived with this I don't I did not live with them we, we were in the same community or neighborhood so I would go to their house all the time because they live just across the street um and I would go there and whenever the dad was coming home the moment we hear his car honk oh my goodness we would just scatter when I say scatter I mean scatter if the gate is closed we will literally if the, the gate is locked we will literally like scale the wall just so he, he doesn't come to meet us outside including me an outsider, obviously, um, he, he took me as a child, but an outsider, as in I was not the biological child. But there was there was this fear when they say "daeba, debo, debo," like we would just be running. So when it comes to the issue of discipline, is it more on the mom or on the father? And why do we tend to like lean it all on the dad? Um, I feel personally, I think that it creates this. Um, fearful approach in relating to fathers and their children like you know we make the dad seem very like oh so scary and the mom all like lovey-dovey you know and how the how can we balance this so that it doesn't cause a strain between father-child relationships thank you um celestine read them um, james 1 5 i think i'll use james 1 5 to james? answer this question James 1 5. James 1 5. Okay, yes. please give me a couple minutes. Okay. James 1 5. I'm reading from KJV. Actually, no, let me change it. No, KJV is fine. Oh, I actually changed it. Okay, fine. KJV I'll go back. Fine. Okay. Okay, so I'm reading James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Okay. James 1, Thank 5. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Celestine, when it comes to parenting, it's mm -hmm. something that is very important. And because we are, um, I believe um, I'm talking to children of God, Christians, mm -hmm. tonight. I want all of us to establish the fact that when it comes to parenting, you mm -hmm. need the wisdom of God. Because without the wisdom of God, you will not you you will not be successful. You mm -hmm. you will never be successful. Because um, even the issue of discipline, when mm -hmm. it comes to discipline, what you are trying to do is that you are trying to set up boundaries, you are trying to mm -hmm. guide behavior, but that behavior, guiding the behavior must be done with love. You get it. Mm. You need to be able to lead by example. You need to demonstrate empathy. So, so it, 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 it's very complex. 
the, the, do you get it? Parenting on this mm-hmm. one is very complex. And sometimes even my, my, my children do the same thing to me. Sometimes they'll be like, like you, you just said, that is coming. Then you see there is scatter. So it's like they have even become mm-hmm. afraid of you. Do you get it? But that is not supposed to be. So, listen, the fact that Bible says that train out, do you get it? So the training, mm-hmm. that training bit, which is our responsibility. Honestly, you cannot do it without the wisdom of God. And um, I cannot also say, okay, this is the way discipline must go. It's very difficult. It's very complex. But what I'm trying to establish tonight is that we must ask for wisdom from above. We cannot use earthly wisdom to discipline our children or to bring up our children. We just need the help of God, the strength of God to be able to do it effectively. So you just used your family as an example. How do you manage it? How how do you like go about in dealing with your kids, especially when with the daddy bear and then they try to scatter and all of that? The daddy bear issue, I try to tone it down a bit. So for example, mm. um, yes. So for example, when I'm coming home occasionally, I'll buy them something, and mm. then when I get to the gate, I will shout for all of them to come out, and then occasionally, sometimes one will, they are four, so one mm. will come and the others will be in. I will insist that all of them should come and meet me. Sometimes mm. I will blow my horn, that they all come and open the door. You see, just to create that type of bonding. If not, this is, this is how it will go. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, because occasionally, sometimes, you know, we, the fathers, are involved in the main mainstream discipline so something mm-hmm. happens and mom is frustrated so mom will say okay wait for that to come and sometimes because of the situation you the fa- father will have to come in but in coming in then gradually you see that a certain gap is being created so you you you, you must seek for the wisdom of god to actually always bring them back even after the discipline that is why i'm saying that this you must discipline by in the discipline let them see that in the discipline there is still love you get mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so it is it, difficult it, it's, it's a very doing mm-hmm. it practically is not easy at all so this is how i have mm-hmm. managed in my in my house so i come i blow the one i will insist that they must come and open you, you get it <laughs> occasionally I'll mm-hmm. them a few things just to make sure that even though you were disciplining them as i've come in the evening it's a new era and then we flow and we have mm. to. Especially mm. if I have mm. time, I'll call them, I'll do their, their assignments with them. All that is to break the gap. Mm. So, okay. Um, so, so well, it shouldn't be always discipline, 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 discipline. No. Mm-hmm. No. In the discipline, the children must see love. They mm. must see love. And then I'm, I said that. We have to, even if we are fathers, we have to lead by example. Mm-hmm. We have to lead them by example. We have to be good examples to them as well. Okay. And I believe if we pray to God for his wisdom, it will work. Pray to God for wisdom. Um, uh, thank you so much, sir. Um, if you just joined us, uh, welcome to the world. We have with Reverend Professor Nana. And the topic is building a home and raising godly seed. And I'm your host, Celestina. Um, so let's uh, wait before I move on to the next question. How can mothers help to foster the relationship between fathers and their children? You know, 
in in this area of discipline mm. i know sometimes that you said that yes i know like you just said you are putting like you do certain things to ensure that you are creating that communication the bond even after discipline but so how the mothers how can mothers um work work in ensuring like a good relationship between fathers and and their children even in the area of discipline i mean you know so that they don't paint their dad black so fortunately um rafa has a very nice way of doing it sometimes she would even buy things for the children and then mm-hmm. um, will tell them that is that who 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 gave me the money to buy for mm-hmm. you you get mm-hmm. it that yeah. is one way you get to say that it will not be like dad is here he's not doing anything for you i'm the only one and some mothers are like that you get mm-hmm. it they will let the children feel that you see they are the ones responsible for all the upkeep and blah blah so as the children grow up they tend to have a certain heart only certain good that only towards the mother mm-hmm. you 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 get it and then practically to especially on weekends to cook for all of us to sit at table and eat she will insist that we all eat together did you get it so maybe that is one way two of the ways by which the the the, the mothers can also help do you get it so that the mm-hmm. children will not feel dad is only there for discipline um, and then mom is there for only the good things in the house no mm. so, so, so very very important mm. Mm. okay with all of this i can boldly say that i have a lovely mom i was a diff i am a difficult child i was going to say i was a difficult child i am still a very difficult child an adult child adults whatever you would call it but with a difficult to touch um <laughs> Um, so let's move on to your mother you. my and mom your mother <laughs> my, <laughs> my mom used a rod of correction <laughs> oh lord thank you for my mother's life she used a rod of correction with wrapped in love like my mom will tell you that um my mom i would do something and my mom would be very angry but the minute the sun go down one thing she would always say is that like do not let the sun go the sun go down on your anger so no matter what i do all i knew i had to do was just wait not be around there until the sun goes down everything will be good but if i do need discipline like if she says i shouldn't do something and then i do it my mom would de- you would definitely get beat like you will get beat and you will know the reason why you're getting beaten um beat before <laughs> but i think it all toned down it all toned down one time i don't really remember what i did but i did something i don't remember what and then my mom was chasing me around the house to actually beat me up when i say beat me up i mean it beat me up and so we were just running around the house and i just climbed the stairs up into the pavilion we have like uh, um uh a pavilion is more like a pavilion like yeah so i went up there my mom followed me up there and there was no way to escape that is where when i say i'm a difficult child this is an example of it um so i went there i had no way to escape and i out of instincts like you know i just jumped off the roof landed and just started running not looking back and i turned around and i just saw my mom watching me with his mouth with her mouth opened and i think for her something clicked like i think she was like i think i'm pushing this girl too far so starting there she toned it down and i've been good i've been straight like you know 
I'm straight, no. But but yeah, my my mom my Amen. Amen. If you see me like this is all also um so let's um i want us to move on to the next question when it comes to spirituality of our children you know when a child um is born immediately like they start to with their senses they start to pick up things from the environment they begin to learn they begin to like introduce words to them they begin to mimic our weddings our sayings they're beginning to do what we do mirror what we we say so you could see that the physical development or the physical growth becomes the focal point of parents you know so at what mm -hmm. stage in a child's life should we start introducing the spiritual aspect i'm saying this because um when it comes to when you go into the bible which is our compass when you go to the bible you would see that the boy samuel was already in the temple jesus was already in the temple again with the um scribes and pharisees and, and the priest in the over there Paul was talking to Timothy he had his assurance because like the cultural faith or like the spirituality was passed on from the grandmother to the mother and now Paul was saying that because of this I'm persuaded of Timothy that you also bear that so you could see that even with these great people in the bible um the spiritual growth started at a young age it started at, at an early age but this personally i'm talking from personal experience and from what i have observed this i have noticed that we don't see it in our world today parents are more focused on like the physical emotional and social development of their children and cognitive development of their children and relating to their spiritual health you know so they would wait for a child to be like um let's say four years um five years six years you know picking up before they start like introducing certain areas of scriptures um, to, to the child. So how do we go about ensuring that we, we, we give our children a, round, a rounded, um, we aid them grow like in all spheres, right from, mm. from, from birth. Mm. Okay, thank you. Um, let me just add the scripture which just came to mind. Look. Luke 2.14. Luke 2.14. Oh, you want to read it? No, you can go ahead and read it. Okay. Luke 2.14. Luke 2.14. A couple minutes. Okay. And I read... And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace so, of God and, and, upon him. So this scripture talks about Jesus, mm -hmm. that as Jesus was growing, he was strong in spirit. Mm -hmm. So all parents who are listening to me, I believe that we must actually bring up our children, train our children to be strong in spirit. You get it? Because Jesus Christ, as he was growing up, like you said, Jesus is our role model. Jesus is our everything. So mm -hmm. if Jesus became strong in spirit, even as a child, we must also train our children to be strong in the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, these days I've been watching this um, Britain Got Talent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you see children as, as young as two, 
two years, three years, and the sort of things they can do is amazing. Mm. Do you get it? So now mm. let's turn those talents into into developing them spiritually. Do you get it? It's because yeah. we, we don't expose them to some of these things. That is why it seems that our um, 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 we sometimes tend to believe that they are too, too young and that there are certain things we don't have to bother them by. Like you are saying, we have to start from the very beginning. You have to start introducing some of these things to them. You'll be surprised that a two, three-year-old girl or boy was, can start quote, quoting scriptures, can start um, memory verses, can start singing in church. So at that age, very, very, very important. That is why, and these days, things have changed a bit. Yes, mm. because now pastors have taken their Sunday schools um, very, very serious. Do, do you mm. get it? So I think that in our churches, they are, the children are not left behind, but I think we can, we can do more. We can okay. do more. Okay. We can do so more. a follow-up question is this. Should our biological children be taken as spiritual ones too? Um, this is because like, when you look at uh, many spiritual children turn to be way better and on fire than the biological children. Why do you think it's, it's so? And please, Celestine, I didn't get you. Can you repeat um, that question? Sure. Should our biological children be taken as spiritual ones too? Um, this is because it looks like sometimes when you take on a spiritual child, um, they turn to be more on fire for, for for God, like for spiritual things, than the biological children themselves. Why do you think this this is so? And if, how can we I rectify that? Part, if I got the first part of your question, you are saying should biological the first part repeat the first mm -hmm. part. That is where I mm -hmm. want to take it from. You said should biological children be treated as spiritual ones too. So like you know someone will have a biological child and they will say that oh this is also my spiritual child. So let's say you have a spiritual child or son and you have a biological child. Should your biological child also be like your oh. spiritual child like train oh, them okay. the, yes. Okay, okay. And this I'm asking this question because sometimes when people do take on by um, spiritual children, those spiritual children tend to be on fire for spiritual things than but the biological children themselves. Okay, I get what you are now saying. Okay, that's fine. Um, you see, man is 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 is, is a three in one being. Man has a body, man mm -hmm. has a spirit, and man has mm -hmm. a soul. So if yeah. I understand, when you talk about biological, you are referring to the body. Do you mm. get it? mostly? Yes. Those mm -hmm. those spiritual are the ones that are not part of you, but they have also come. But for those ones, they are interested in developing their spirits. Do you get it? And mm -hmm. I feel that as Christian parents or fathers, we must also act as spiritual fathers of our biological children. Mm. In that case, then you are tackling the person's spirit, the person's body, and the person's soul. So mm. it shouldn't be that, let's say, you have children, and then we have those who are biological, termed as biological, and we have others who are termed as what? spiritual. No. Our mm. biological children must also be seen as our spiritual children. If we don't mm. get to that level, then we are failed as parents, as Christian mm. parents. Mm -hmm. You get it? Because once we see them as our biological and spiritual children, then we are developing their body as well as their soul and spirit. And these are very, very important. That's why the Bible says that what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? So, for example, you train your biological child to be, let's say, a medical doctor or a good surgeon or whatever. Without mm -hmm. 
thinking of the person's spirit. What have you done? Do mm. you get listening to me tonight? Christians must develop the art of bringing up their biological children. Yes. And then also bringing them up as spiritual children. Not that we will have mm. spiritual children and biological children. No. It, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't okay. be. But what you are okay. saying happens a lot. So sometimes you see that the spiritual children are more on fire when it comes to the things of God. And the biological children look, look, look warm. Do you mm-hmm. get it? And mm-hmm. then that yeah. shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. Okay. So, so don't you say see. So all of us. Go on. Sorry, what was the last Sorry. part? I just said maybe it's a wake up call for all of us that we should not see our biological children as only biological children, but we must see them as our spiritual children as well. Okay. And um, so it's it's a work we need to we, we need to work that out. But you know, in I this for this one I have been a witness where children raised in Christian homes or particularly children who have um pastors as parents, they turn out to be rebellious or against things of God. Like or they don't want to when they grow, they don't want to marry a a pastor, they don't want anything to do with like serving God, like being on the altar or anything like that. They just turn a different way of life they choose a different path why is that so because for that one i have seen it time and time and time again and sometimes i don't i really don't understand it i don't get it where do the parenting go wrong like where where how why does that happen is it from the children is it from the parents is it from the parenting style is it from the community is it like what is it um, Celestine, um, I just had an incident um, was it yesterday mm-hmm. and um, there's this lady who is misbehaving on campus and mm-hmm. um, we set a committee to investigate whatever happened, went wrong apparently this girl brings um, the boyfriend to, 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 the, to the dormitory and then they can even have she can even have sex with the boyfriend in the presence mm-hmm. of all the other the other roommates. Oh, wow. And so I told the, yes, um, I told the the other committee members to go out and then I would engage the lady one on one. And upon mm-hmm. interrogation, I noticed that this is a girl whose dad is a is a top um, pastor in, in Ghana. Mm. Do you get it? But it appears this girl has been with the dad for so many years and has not gotten a certain level of exposure. So she's mm. now in the university first year, and she feels that that is her whole world, and she doesn't love God again, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow. But you see, I, I was very, very sad, you see. So I want to answer your question this way. You see, Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And it is, mm-hmm. it is very true. You see, when you are a pastor, remember, you are saving other souls. You are saving other people. And you can mm-hmm. easily ignore your own children. Mm. You can easily. So like you, you, you rightly said, you see, the other people that you are pastoring, you see them as your spiritual children. So when it comes to your spiritual development, you actually focus on them. You give more attention to them. You ask them whether they have done their quiet time, whether they are praying, and you give them opportunity to ask questions and all that. But then when the same pastor comes home, 
the pastor doesn't even ask the children whether they have done their homework and their quiet time or not, whether they have prayed or they have, they have, they have not prayed. Whatever was preached in church, whether they understood it or they did not understand. You see, then gradually, you see, it is piling up. Now, Satan also takes advantage. Now, they, they don't have any base. So when there's little temptation, then you see that your own children are falling away because mm. they don't have that solid foundation. So, so it's very unfortunate that sometimes where pastor, you consider others, and then you leave your own children because those, your own children, you tame them as biological children, and you see the people in church as your spiritual children. So with time, you see that Satan comes in, takes over, because they don't have a very solid foundation, and your, your, your children are gone. Hmm. You get it? So yeah. it's, it's very unfortunate. So number one has to do with ignorance of, the, of, the, of, the, uh, of those in ministry. You get it? Hmm. Uh, we tend to not know this side. And then also, Satan also attacks. You know, this work that we are doing is a very, it's very spiritual. And Satan's eye is always on the pastors. You get it? So hmm. the little chance and opportunity you give him, he steps in and then he destroys a lot of things. But um, it, it's, it's sad. This girl, for example, made me very sad. A pastor's um, daughter who can have sex in, in, in the glare of all her, her roommates. And it's very unfortunate. You mm. get it. And this is a pastor's daughter. How do you explain this, Celestine? It can only be Satan. It can only be Satan. So I'm sure maybe the, the, the dust concentration was mainly on, on the daughter doing ABC, maybe some little, but you see that this same pastor will have people who will be on fire, who are on good Christians in church. But look at what has happened to his own biological daughter. Hmm. That's true. So, um, it's very unfortunate, but we will not still stop serving the Lord. We will still continue to serve but just that we must not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Of course. We, fall, we serve the Lord till we fall asleep. Um, this is... If you just joined us, uh, welcome to the world. My name is Celestina and we are currently having a conversation with Reverend Professor Nana Ebusu Mensah on the topic building a home and raising godly seeds. Um, you can put in your questions on, in the box and I will read it out or you can phone in and you can ask the, the man of God your questions directly. So let's go on the issue of foundations, like building foundational values and belief system for your home to regulate your home and your children. I'm asking this question in particular because for... This week, last week, I have been very curious. And so I went about asking some of my colleagues certain questions. Um, <laughs> I would say fortunately or unfortunately for me, I work in a community where majority of my colleagues are in the LGBTQ community. So I was I was curious. I wanted to know how like they got themselves into um, into this act. And based on their questions and their understanding, I got to know that they certain certain things were not preserved certain values were not preserved so they were just moved whichever direction like the wind blew you get and also for me in particularly when i went to school 
when I went to school, whenever I wanted to do something, I would always remember certain words my mom would say, or I would, <laughs> yeah, I see I would remember certain words my mom would say, or I would like just picture how she would look at me, and I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna do this, like you know. So how do we, or how do parents, how can parents build a strong value system for their children? so that even when they are away it becomes like a watch it becomes like a guard for them to order to to help order their their steps you get and also what are what some what are some of the the systems that we can put in place for them because i know some families when you go to certain families they will say oh for my for my family we are readers like my children like to read like we we read or we are like churchgoers we pray we fast we do this we do this so this family we do this so my kids know that and not just practicing it without understanding they making sure that the kids actually have an understanding of what they're doing even in their young their young age if they're not like communicating it to them based on their mental capacity you get so how how do we do that to ensure that we have strong values for our children and not just when we are around yeah you see sometimes when you are parenting and base base your parenting only on instructions given instructions that is when these things now come in do you get it you're always directing, you're always giving instructions, do A, do B, don't do this, mm -hmm. don't do that. But I, I believe practically, children who are coming up, and that's why sometimes when the children go to school, they enjoy even their teachers more than the parents. Because mm -hmm. teachers have a way of encouraging even their children to ask questions. So how many of us actually, when our children come, we, we even encourage them to ask questions? You get it. How many mm -hmm. of us actually engage our children in meaningful conversations about faith? Do you get mm -hmm. it? Because as we do this, then we, we, we help the children to develop a better understanding of their belief system. Mm -hmm. You get it. How many of us even have time to teach our children on meditation? You, 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 you get it. Or do we even read the Bible together? Do we do Bible study together? We teach them how to, um, how to, how they can also bear the fruits of the spirit. So the whole thing is that we don't actually, we only instruct, but we don't engage them. But remember, as these children grow, they tend to change. You get it. So if you don't see that, let's say your child who was, let's say, um, two, um, two years, let's say this year in ten years time has changed, and you still continue to instruct, then you are, you are, you are not helping that child. So I believe one practical way, like I said, is to encourage the children, okay, to ask questions, you engage them, you engage them by way of communication, proper quality communication, you get it, so that they will not always see you as an instructor, they will not always see you as a school teacher, no, no, mm -hmm. no, there has to be some form of dialogue, do you get it, uh, then through that, then they learn. Okay. So, for example, why would why would your why would your child want to be a homosexual or whatever? And you have to start from the very beginning, engaging the child about holiness, engaging the child mm -hmm. about what we believe in. You get you allowing the child to ask you questions. Okay, so if I decide to go this way, what happens? So you just don't instruct. You try and explain to the child what the consequences are and what you and why they cannot do um, what they want to do. 
because we are we are we are we are Christians. And when we are Christians, we allow the Spirit to lead you. So because of that, you cannot do A, B, and C. It shouldn't be, hey, why are you doing? Why are you even asking me this question? No. When you go that way, the child will not even open up the next time to ask you these such questions. You get it. So we should not always be instructing, but we should always be engaging them in very quality work communication. And I believe that um, when they get to the point where you are not there, they will not throw away their belief systems. Thank you for that. Um, thank you so much for that. You say um, you time. Did you say you were Sorry, what did you say? Yes, did you say I you am. So, for I example, am. you go to the class, invest deliver without giving the children an opportunity to ask questions and then through the questions you give them a feedback how do you think your children will feel mm. that's actually I, I i don't know that because <laughs> my teaching model is different, <laughs> my teaching model is different i don't even want to go into it but I, we used i am a, i work at a montessori school so the teaching philosophy is different from the other schools i'm sorry what did you say yes so that, that, that exactly so we should see parenting as such if you get it uh, so i'm sure you even use different teaching approaches depending on the type of learners you are dealing with so when you come home the same thing you have is what you have to do you get you have different children so you must do different methodologies or approaches to engage the different temperaments in children very very if not you lose some of them you lose some of them mm, that's true that's true um let's go to the the issue our time is up but don't worry guys i'm gonna wrap up in a few just give me a few minutes of your time um let's go to the issue of um character building in children um i'm gonna ask this question you know in raising both i mean like biological kids and uh, adopted children as in kids who you adopt or children who just come to stay with you for a couple months or like you know and then they they turn to be part of the family um where do we draw or where should you draw the line in caring and providing for them and should certain privileges be um taken away from kids that are not related by blood or should it be just like should there be no line in when it comes to like treatment preferential treatments i think um because um you see you are supposed to have what you call christian homes you get mm -hmm. it so yeah when you bring somebody to come and join your balaskar children honestly there should not be any people should not even see that there's a difference mm. you get it so for example pastor charles who is who is listening stayed with me for many years in my mm -hmm. house what we do is that we don't even dish out food so it's like okay and um, food is ready mom is there okay you you my let children come for this special food you mm -hmm. you are not so let's say my biological children are eating rice with chicken then the others who are not part of the biological family they are they would also be eating let's say fufu or let's say ampesi or whatever mm -hmm. it, it shouldn't it shouldn't even be so it shouldn't even be so so in terms of treatment honestly 
People do it a lot, but we should try as much as possible to minimize so that people will not feel that they are substandard. And you see, these things have a way of even affecting people psychologically. It is like, I, I don't belong. Do you get I'm not up to standard. Yeah. And you see, it, it affects the people eventually in future, especially when they are children. So you shouldn't let people feel that um, 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 they are substandard or they are not part of them. It's even a privilege even to look after somebody's child in the first place. So when you are a Christian and somebody comes to join you, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. So mm. you see that privilege and then you, you do your God-given task, which is to make sure because they are all children of God. Who knows, one day your children could also be in the same situation. That is what I always think about, that your children could also be in the same situation one day. Mm -hmm. So so please, there should not be any line. There should not be any line when it comes to treating children and your biological children and other children who may join. Even even when it comes to discipline and that's the education, because, you know, most most times people do not uh, use differential treatment when it comes to food. But let's say when it comes to the quality of education, when it comes to like the quality of stuff they give to the other child, when it comes to, you know, those like outing and all, you would see that, oh, this is, this is their ch children, this is. Or even when it comes to relating between the kids, the relationship between the kids, you would see that, oh, I cannot because this is your mom, this not my mom this is not my dad so i cannot do that so how how should we go about it i know you said there shouldn't be any professional treatment or like any sort of bias when it comes to catering for kids under your care but what are some of the practical things we can do to ensure that there is harmony and unity in the children under our care like even if they want to sprout to bring that like division we ensure that it does not stick but there is unity in in, in caring for them both. Yeah. Um, this is a difficult one. Um, you see, it depends on a lot of factors. So if you, if you take my, my case, for example, I have, let's say, four children, okay? And let's say I'm an university lecturer. Per what I mm -hmm. take home every month, it will be sufficient mm -hmm. to look after, let's say, four now mm -hmm. I bring in three other come and join. Do you get mm -hmm. it? So already in terms of financial, my finances, it will be a bit straight. Mm -hmm. So let's say if I have to take all of you to, let's say, school, maybe I'll take my child to, let's say, a certain school. And then because I don't have that financial strength, I may not be able to take all of you to the same school. Mm -hmm. That one is one scenario. But if I have the ability, if I have the capacity to be able to do the same for both biological and non-biological, I should be able to do the same for all. Mm. You, you get it. But there are instances where, let's say, some instances are, are difficult. And when it happens that way, you see, then, 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 then some of these little, little things might crop up. You get it. That's why I use the instance of, for example, mm -hmm. food. But you're not bringing the dimension of education. You know, Mm -hmm. That one also comes in with um, with cost and all that. You get it. But mm -hmm. let's try, let's try, let's try so that there will not be any gap. There will not be any mm -hmm. gap. Mm. But, it, okay. but it's more complex than what we are discussing because a lot, a lot comes in when it comes to giving one preference over the other. Mm -hmm. 
It's, it's difficult. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I would um, say that whatever you are doing for your biological children, try and do something for those who are not biological as well. And I believe it will be a blessing. It has its own blessing too. It has its own mm-hmm. blessing. So you try. If it is within your means, you try and then you do it. Okay. Um, also, how can we consciously, I know like there are, for me being a teacher and always being around kids, I have known, I have come to know by experience that children actually learn very much from imitation. They learn from the environment, they pick up everything from their environment. That is one way that they learn. And also by experience. And I have learned, although I'm still trying to tell kids to not, no, don't do it. Because they will just go and do it. They learn by experience. That is one thing I am coming to understand. Kids learn by experience. So how can we parents consciously and intentionally input the character traits we want to see in our children? You know, like so I know every parent would want to have a hardworking child, a, a child who is very tenacious, able to concentrate you know likes education likes variety respectful empathy like all those character that when you see in a child you're like huh this is a good child this is a well-raised trained child so how can we intentionally um train our children in acquiring these characters as they grow Mm. so Thank you. Because you know, if you are a parent, you must know this 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 basic thing that children are always imitating whatever the parents are doing. Very, very important. And for most of their lifetime, you see, they tend to stay with the parents. So for example, if your child is there, two two the two of you must never shout at each other. The two of you must not um um do certain things in front of them because they will pick it up eventually. So in their presence, you must always demonstrate the good traits, even if there's misunderstanding. And then the children must not even must not know that there's tension at home, because they also end up learning. If you are a father, you beat your you, you can beat your wife. Do you get it? You beat you beat your wife. These children will pick it up and they will also marry one day and they will be beating their wives as well. Do you get it? So. What you are saying is, is the truth. They tend to pick up whatever we do at home. So as much as possible, let's avoid those things so that they will not pick up the bad habits. But then the good ones is what they must actually pick up from us. Okay. So if you mm. want your child to be gentle, you yourself need to must build first give gentleness. By being gentle, yes. Okay. Okay. And, um, and this must be done consciously. You must do it consciously because knowing that they are picking whatever we are doing, it we must also put in, make a conscious effort to make sure that whatever we are doing is a good one that they are picking up. Okay. Okay. Um. So let's go to our. Okay. Let me ask us: Where should we draw the line? You know, in as deciding for our children and them like making their own decisions. How far should we let our kids go before we step in? Uh, or support them and show them love? Mm, should be because I know parenting is for life. Now mm-hmm. I am I am I am old now. Mm-hmm. I'm a lecturer. I teach at the university, but I still take advice. My father is still guiding me. Mm. Do you get it? So so 
there's nothing like where does it, where should it end? Where should you now leave the child alone to be on his own? No. Parenting is for life. You get it. Once a son, always a son. Once a daughter, always a daughter. You get it. So there shouldn't be a point where a child must feel that now I don't need my parents anymore. No. You would always need them. You would always, because they, they are more experienced. They, what they have experienced, you have never experienced it before. You see, and it makes you wiser. Bible says that in the multitude of cancer, there is wisdom. So as they talk, as they advise you, you get more wisdom. So, 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 there shouldn't be a cutoff point where a child will feel that now I don't need my parents anymore. No. So we, we shouldn't try and then draw a line. My dad speaks okay. to me and I listen. I still listen not, to him. Uh, not in a line as in like leaving them by themselves, like independently, but drawing the line as in like knowing that I can trust my child to like do this and not be hovering constantly over their decisions. You guess. Oh. And also, even if you are going to hover or like if you're going to like be having that watchful eyes when do you step in and say like no you need to don't do this this way because this is not going to end well or like you know that because if your so, child keeps coming to you every time there is issue every time the child is not going to be independent the child is not going to do like be able to face life and its issues by themselves without coming to you you get, mm. and I know for a fact that one of the pride of parenthood is seeing your child going out in the world and like being fruitful and just doing what they have been trained or cultured to do. They have been taught to do. And yes, if they need advice, they still know that they can come back to daddy for advice. They can come back to mommy for advice. Mommy is here. But also knowing that mommy trusts me enough to let me make my own mistakes and to grow from it and i know that even if the mistakes i'm going to do will end me badly mommy or daddy is going to step in and then i can trust your judgment that is the kind of like how far or the limits i'm talking about okay i get it so let's go back to our foundation scripture which is the proverbs 22 verse 6 bible says that train up a child the way he should go do you get it mm -hmm. and once that child is grown that child will never depart from it. So maybe our, 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 the line should be at the point where you feel that you, the parent, you have done your very best. You have called mm -hmm. the child. You have, given, you, have, you have finished your training. And once you have finished your training, as God took care of you, the parent, God will also take care of your child. And remember, the Bible says that when he has grown, he will never depart from it. Do you get it? So at a point, yeah. we should also feel, we should also make the children feel that, our children feel that they have been trained well enough and they are, they are now grown-ups. So certain decisions, we, 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 we must not influence them in a certain way. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. yeah. But maybe some parents sometimes feel that they, they, they stop boys and girls instead of seeing them as men and women. Yeah, so, that can be very mm -hmm. frustrating. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. Um, so lastly, before um, we wrap up, the Bible says that children obey your parents in the Lord, but then also says that parents do not provoke your children to anger. In your own understanding of what of what this scripture, what do you think this scripture means? In your own understanding, what do you do you think um, this scripture means? And why will the Lord say not to provoke kids to anger? 
Mm. And what are some of the consequences when children are provoked? Mm. Okay. So the first the first scripture is what? Children obey your parents the and the scripture. Lord. Yes, so children oh. obey your parents mm-hmm. and the Lord. Yes. So 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 it, it, it's straightforward. <laughs> you get mm-hmm. it. You have mm-hmm. to obey them no matter what. You yeah. get it. And the reason yeah. why you must obey them is also answered somewhere Bible says that so that it will be well with you. You mm-hmm. get it. So it's an instruction, it's children. Mm-hmm. Now the other is that you, the parents too, you must not provoke your children. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Because when you also have provoked your children too, it will have consequences. Do you mm-hmm. get it? So it, 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 the, 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 the instructions are let's say twofold. One mm-hmm. for parents and then one for um, one for um, parents. And all of them they tend to have their own um, what do you call it? Blessings. So when we have obeyed our parents in the Lord, we shall have our blessing. And then parents are also not supposed to provoke their children to anger. Because you know what anger can bring. When anger comes in, it means Satan has come in. So what God is actually telling us to avoid is not to bring Satan into the relationship of of, of parents and children. Do you get it? So that warning is directly to parents. That parents do not try to bring Satan in between you and then your, your 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 child because you provoke the child to anger the child becomes angry and you, you know what can happen afterwards and in the same way you put the child to you are supposed to obey your parent in the lord in other words in the faith mm. you get it uh-huh. okay so does that mean that if parents wait okay so pastor Chelsea is saying that this scripture is not really preached or talked much about and I also believe, believe what well, which, which one? Second which one? the second part where it says that, um, you know, mostly preachers or teachers will take the children or they are parenting the Lord for this is right, you know, and then and then they will leave the second part, which is like parents should not provoke their children to anger, you know. Yes. So yes. how 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 do we like ensure that there is a balance and not only like hammering or focusing on just the children part but also focusing on the parents because the parents what the parents will do will cause the results or the outcome of reaction of that child Mm. and not the other way because the child is feeding directly from that environment Mm -hmm. yes in in as in as much as bible is saying we should not provoke children it doesn't also mean that when you're also a child then something small then you tend to feel that and uh, my 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 dad or my mom have have been provoked by my dad or my mom you, you get it because some of these things also come as as a as a, as, as a pruning or corrective measure did mm-hmm. you get it so sometimes your your father or your mother may be pruning you in a certain way and not necessarily provoking you Provoking means um, to provoke someone is is is, is 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 something that is quite big. Do you do you, do you get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means so. So for example, okay, let me not give that example. You let me not give that example. But all I'm trying to say is that it was going to be a very bad example. So mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is that children must not also assume the position that what this one have been provoked and Bible even allows it. No. But parents must also try as much as possible 
not to provoke their children. That is what Bible says. But as to why pastors or men of God sometimes end at the first part and not the second part, it's also maybe, I don't know, but um, I don't think it's always the case. And I don't think it's always the case. Okay. Okay. Because um, I wish I would ask Pastor Charles the 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 ten line between somebody who is provoked and somebody who has been corrected by a parent. Because you see, when when you are being corrected, you can easily see it as some something that is provoking. So let's see, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So if you if you will come clear. To explain to us, good. Actually, I think I think I, I got the perfect example with with our temperaments. Like when we were talking about temperaments, let's say something like, um, perfect. Let's use something like a child who knows how to let's say sing. Mm. You know that that is the talent. Like the, this kid knows how to sing effortlessly. You know, and as a parent, the Bible says that to obey your um, children, to obey their parents, but also do not provoke them. So let's say your your parents be like, I don't want you, to, I don't want you to be singing. I don't don't do this, don't do that. Always like making sure what you want to do, what you know that you have the skill to do, they are still telling you not to do it. You get, you want to obey them, but at the same time, they are like being. They are preventing you from something like you actually enjoy or want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So with that one, how would you like? It's I think it's a clear example. Like you really want to yeah. obey them, you really want to to do what they're doing. But then at the same time, with them pushing their instruction on you, with them telling you keep keep in telling you not to do what you actually want to do and enjoy to do, and mostly not giving you like a reasonable reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> giving you a reasonable reason just because get singing doesn't like being pay money or like pay the bills you know like such such, such excuses they'll just say it you get so with that the child obviously will be provoked the child will probably seek um counsel outside their family and that is where the disobedience will come in that is where the the provoking to anger will come in i know there is various forms of this situation is not only like anger as in my mom insulted me or like i want to insult my mom or like, but that, that the rebellious nature that will like sprout out of your child to not hit to your words you get so i guess there is various way we can see the scripture from mm-hmm. yes pastor charles because what's up i was going to oh. give you an example it's pastor charles mm-hmm. on yes he just Reverend, please, I'm here. Um, <laughs> I uh, wanted to say, um, I am in agreement with you. I understand what you said. Like, um, when you are corrected by parents, where do you draw the line when we are corrected and then when we feel like it's, um, we are being provoked? Now, when you said, um, you said um, that the provoke means that and that, I just took my iPad and did a little research. So, um, but before I say that, I want to say that the, um, sometimes, or almost all the time, what I say, I can, I can, I can have a feeling of, um, I can have an understanding of what I'm saying to, let's say, Celestina. So, but I don't, um, how she responds to what I say, I don't have control over that one. So I can't say that, oh, I didn't mean to uh, hurt you, or I didn't mean to provoke you by what I said. 
how she react to it. So we are responsible for what we say. We, can, we are not responsible for how others react to what we say. So I, you might be playing with what you said, but how she respond to it, it's not something that you can have anything to do with. Because it's, it's her responsibility. Mm. She, she, she decides how she reacts to whatever you are saying. So that's the first thing I want to say. Mm. But I, I found out that to provoke, the word provoke actually is from the word to evoke something. So it means that thing is already there or it's lying or it's like it's asleep. It's like something that is asleep and then you are waking the thing up. So children mm. probably have the tendency to get angry or become annoyed or something. So you don't what bible was cursed, uh, cautioning parent not to do is that don't go and uh, awaken that thing so to uh, mm. cause an, uh, an arousal of anger or to cause an arousal means to provoke that thing is then you're provoking mm. and i have a very good example um of mm. myself and then someone and um, one parent mm. it's not not really my 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 direct parent when um, the person was talking to me about something and this is a very recent incident he was talking to me about something and mm-hmm. he was upset about something so i um i told her that okay i clearly i can see that she's upset so i said okay can we sit down and talk about it and she said okay she came in and we sat down and then i i explained my side of the story and then she said but she, she was still not understanding. So I said, okay, mm. there, there's no point in talking about it because clearly you're upset, so maybe later we can talk about it. But this person, in the presence of um, people, you see, they might, it might not be as important to her, but for me it's important because there are people around and they see him in a certain way. Maybe they are even my friends or my colleagues. And if you keep talking about this issue, which for me is like you are trying to like, um, tarnish my image or like disgrace me or something you might feel like as a parent you are doing the right thing but the environment where you are saying the thing mm-hmm. like or something and you won't mm-hmm. stop doing it and then you kept saying so at a point she was talking to me and i didn't respond i didn't mind it's like in or say so like now mm-hmm. this is a classic example of like fans. you know are you to the parent or this person who's supposed to be a parent the thing we're talking about it and there are people around and you might not care about them or feel like they are not important but for me they are my colleagues they are my friends probably like even people who look up to me and you are trying what you are saying is actually disgracing me or putting me to sleep so now i react by not minding you and now that one becomes a problem too so that's a very classic example of what you are talking about that don't provoke you are doing something to provoke me this one i didn't even talk i was quiet i didn't even react but because I was quiet, you know, in our setting, when you do that, it's considered to be very rude and very someone who's like, I'm, I'm disrespected him. And this one, I had to apologize. And I must confess that I didn't really mean the apology. Because in my heart, I felt like you, what you are doing. But you see, one thing about parents is that um, when you have an issue with a parent, you can never, I mean, it's not allowed. Even if your own is to mm-hmm. just keep quiet and go, accept it, apologize and go because it is not a, the, the elder can never say sorry or like apologize for whatever they have done. But truly, truly, they have really provoked you. So I don't think in scripture, God made a mistake right, to bring this thing there. So these things, it was like a, a, an admonishment to children, children that obey your parents and blah, blah, blah. But it gets to this point. And like Celestina is saying, we don't talk about that one. It's like, the, don't provoke your children to anger. 
No, there's no exposition or teachings on that. We just leave that one day. We end that obey your parents in the Lord, and your father and your mother, and we leave that part. But it's also very important because it end up creating rebellious children at heart. Am I not, uh, for the sake of, I mean, respect and trying not to let people see that, and I let get people the um, let people get the idea that I'll keep quiet, not talk about it. But in my heart, I'm rebelling against you. And I think that if God, who sees all things, is judging, he knows that this one, this guy, or this woman, because God is not partial, not say that you are, you are a father and so this and this and that, or you are a mother. Clearly you provoke, because he already says, so don't provoke them to anger. I mean, don't arouse that one. So maybe sometimes your experience, we learn, and to me personally, I've learned from it that um, training my children, there are certain things you have to consider their feelings. And like I said, how you talk to people, that one that is your own responsibility. You can talk however you want to talk, but how they take it, that one too is their own thing. You might think you are joking, but for them, no. their reaction to it can lead them into so many things and will end up bringing some anger in them and then they'll react in a certain way. So at the end of the day, like um, Reverend was saying, God is trying to tell us not to bring Satan because all these things, when it happens, Satan has now come. But who caused the Satan to come? The, the parent. Who didn't consider maybe the feelings of the child or the environment or something and then spoke out of it because you are trying to say that and then like my example like this clearly i had like i was very willing to talk to her when i spoke to her she said no i won't listen i said okay can we okay i think we should end it because i now understand that you are angry so but she wanted every it's like she wants to call people you know parents who are like i want to let everybody come into her and she said i did not make can say anything say. Meanwhile, what she's saying to you is clearly wrong. For her side, she thinks it's right, but it's, it's, it's wrong. Because it's not like that. So that's what I meant by, I, I feel that this scripture, there's not much exposition on it. We don't even talk about it, say, this and this, uh, 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 like, parents, no? You must so, do this and do that. Okay, thank you so, so much, thank uh, you, Pastor thank Charles. You for the, thank you for the explanation. As we were talking, Celestina, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I just opened the Amplified Bible. Mm -hmm. And then the same scripture, Ephesians 6 4, that is the one we are talking about. And Bible says, The fathers do not provoke your children to anger. And here, mm -hmm. the anger means don't be unreasonable, don't be humiliating, don't be abusive, mm -hmm. or showing mm -hmm. favoritism of any kind to them. Mm -hmm. you, you get it? So, like, mm -hmm. like, like Pastor Charles is saying, we, we, the parents, must not be unreasonable. For example, you are giving an instruction, but that instruction you are giving must not be one that is unreasonable. You must not sound humiliating. You must not sound what abusive. Do you mm -hmm. get it? Because when this, these things come up, now you call the children to go be to to to, to be angry. I, I hope mm -hmm. you get it. But yeah. my caution now is this: because tonight we are talking to. Christian children. It's mm -hmm. very difficult when you are drawing a clear line between what is um, 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 a correction and what is and what should be termed as one that is provoking. For example, the example that Pastor Charles gave is very is an, it's an unfortunate one because this one is like Nipakoni Shewebufu, which is not supposed to be. Did you, did you get it? But in, in as much as possible, we should let the word of God guide us even as parents. So if you read the Amplified Version, it tells you what it means to provoke a child. 
Do you get it? When you are being unreasonable, then you are provoking that child. When you are you you seem abusive, then you are actually provoking what that child. And by doing so, like he said, you the parent, you are introducing Satan into the whole relationship, and it can affect the child. Do you get it? Uh, yes. But we shouldn't also take it that this is to our advantage as children. No. It shouldn't be to an advantage. Then whatever happens, it's like this one is abusive, this one is humiliating. Because even judging what humiliation is, it, 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 it can be something. For all you know, let me give you an instance. Maybe the way this pastor or parent handled Pastor Charles, maybe mm-hmm. the that parent or that pastor or whoever was even testing his level of humility. Because sometimes we also want to test the level of your humility. So, okay, people are there. These are people who respect you, blah, blah, blah. But let me test the level of his humility and see how he will behave. Did you get it? That's what I'm saying. It's very, very complex. Because sometimes parents or grown-ups have a way of testing children to be sure whether certain seeds are really in them. Do you get it? And once you test it and you see that um, the, 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 the behavior goes a certain way, then you can come to the conclusion and then my son or my daughter is not up to the standard that I'm looking for. That's why I'm saying as children, we have to be careful. And I accept the fact that this part of the Bible is usually not um, talked about much in church. But um, we should also see it as something that is to our advantage and because of that whatever happens then it's like i'm provoked no you shouldn't be okay well thank you so so much um reverend for your words of wisdom and for your time for educating us when it comes to building a home and raising godly seed but mostly raising godly seed and for everyone who joined us thank you so much for joining with us this has been kingdom series and as i said this has been a four days it's been four weeks but you know four saturdays um of doing this um kingdom series so this this is the end of tonight's show the podcast will be published on our platform so you can always go back and listen to them so you can also have access to the previous sessions they are also currently on our platform before we wrap up because we've been dealing with dating relationship marriage and all everything in between i would like pastor charles first to pray for us and then reverend will wrap it all up with his fatherly blessing so pastor charles can you do the honors and pray for us and everybody else listening. Yeah, sure. Um, before I pray, I want to say um, thank, a very big thank you to um, Reverend. I know he's um, a very busy person and very occupied, and so to be available mm-hmm. for this whole month is, is a blessing. And also, Celestina, thank you for doing a good job. I know you have been <laughs> persistent in your uh, to get um, him to be around. So God bless you and, and to all the team members. It's been amazing. This is actually the first um, time we hosting um, the wars throughout the month. Usually it's twice in a month. And this is the first time and it's gone really, really well. So the whole team, Ajete and all the rest, like God bless all of you. Right. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this, um, for tonight and the wisdom which we've received. We pray for everyone who has been joining us and even those who just joined us, that whatever we have shared, 
will be a blessing to us. We will hear the word. And as we've heard it, we will practice it. And by so doing, we will bear fruit. And we will see real and tangible results in our life, in our relationship, in our marriages, in our families as we try to raise godly seeds and children who will be of delight to you, God, and to the kingdom. Thank you for releasing grace for us. What our strength could not do before, we know that by the hearing, we have received grace to go about and to carry out every duty into perfection to your glory. We thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Reverend, Amen. could you please? Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for these past three weeks, four weeks. You have been a blessing and I see it as a privilege, oh God, to even interact with your children. I pray, oh God Almighty, that this is that have been soon in this whole general, these discussions, these contributions that have come, I pray that they will never be in vain. They shall be spiritual seeds, oh God, that will be planted in our hearts for many years to come. For some of us, oh God, we will need it 50 years to come. For some of us, we will need it 30 years to come. I pray that let your blessing, oh God Almighty, keep this seed in our hearts, oh God, all the days of your life, of our lives. Satan, I rebuke your presence. Any orchestration to take away these seeds, these seeds that have been sown over the past four weeks, we rebuke your presence in the name of Jesus. We pray that our marriages will be good. Our children will be goodly children in the name of Jesus. We pray that even as Christian children, oh God, all the days of our life, we shall prove to the world that of a truth we are the light of this world. Thank you, oh God. May we go out there to impart the rest of the world in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that whatever virtue, oh God, that has gone out of us, oh God, you replenish it hundredfold in Jesus' name. Thank you for Pastor Charles, the life of Pastor Charles. Thank you for the life of Celestine. Oh God, make this ministry bigger and bigger. Make it really to the ends of the world in the name of Jesus. Father, whatever they need, oh God, bless it and give it unto them, oh God. In Jesus' name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Um, thank okay. you. Celestine, so I just want to say just want to say a very big thank you to you. Honestly, like um, you saw today, the meeting was almost not But um, I think there is something in you. And um, some way, somehow, we've had it. And God bless you for that persistent spirit. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is in you. And, and I'm very, very impressed. Even your line of questioning and all that, I mean, it's very impressive. And God bless you. Keep supporting and keep doing your best. And I believe that now you will not see, but many, many years to come, some some of them will remind you of how you impacted their lives. God bless you. And Charles, Charlie, you've made me proud. God bless you. Keep keep doing your best in your generation. And I believe that with the day you get to heaven, your crown will be awaiting you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you.
Bye-bye. God bless you too. Thank you so much, sir. Um, the world will come your way again on the 9th March. We will be going back to our normal session. And then Kingdom Series will come your way in April. So be on the lookout for every other information. Visit our page, our socials on IG and on Twitter at the underscore world tutu. And also on Facebook at The World. Thank you all for joining me tonight. It has been a wonderful discussion and this journey has been very fruitful. Have a good evening and good night. Bye. Bye.